Hell, here we go. Hello and welcome to Castable. This is the podcast which brings on brilliant guests to pitch their dream music festival. My name's Matt Hoss and I'm the host and I'm here to guide you around their festival. Today's very special hails from Leicester Comedy Festival Online and today's guest is a truly sensational stand-up comedian and poet. So please welcome my wonderful guest, it's Rob Orton! Hello. Hello, Rob! Alright, can you hear me? That's the sound of Leicester right there. Yeah, uh, how are you doing today, Rob? Yeah, doing all right, thank you. Not bad. Um, I've got my microphone on and I've got my notes about the festival and um, all my social skills have gone. So let's crack on. Because <laughs> before the show, you're like, right, I haven't talked to anyone in like 12 months. I've got a massive book of notes. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> I must. I appreciated that. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to have you here, Rob, and it's an absolute pleasure. And uh, we're going to be talking about music and uh, uh, things we're passionate about uh, for the next hour. But if someone were to ask you what kind of music are you into, how would you typically respond? Well, seeing as you've asked me, and it's a podcast and it's video, <laughs> I've got some CDs here because I'm at home. So um, yeah, I've took, taken some CDs out of the CD rack. Uh, so mm. that's the best of Otis Redding. Really like that. If I'm in a uh, bad mood, that's really good. I, 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 I don't think I've ever put that on and not enjoyed it. That's the sound. Uh, and mm. then that's uh, Bob Dylan bringing it all back home. Um, <laughs> the Lovely Eggs, This Is Eggland. Um, mm-hmm. Robert Wyatt, The End of an Ear. Um, the Trigger Happy TV soundtrack. Nick Drake, Five Leaves Less Left. 50 Words for Snow, Kate Bush, and Charles yeah. Mingus, Mingus Atom, which I've listened to once, I think. <laughs> it's, it, that one time was very, very powerful for you, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, but, um, well, you know what, like, we've done a, a lot of these episodes, and we've had a lot of uh, amazing guests, but that's the first time that anyone's ever, right, uh, I've asked that question, it's quite an open-ended question, but you've gone, no, this is a very precise answer, here, let me show you the CDs I uh, specifically, uh, but yeah, um, I think that's a wide range of different music, you've got like Motown, you've got Bob Dylan, uh, and quite a uh, more niche stuff as well, but what, what kind of... Is there a certain type of word for the type of music that you're into? Or is it quite eclectic? Uh, eclectic, yeah. That's the word <laughs> for it. <laughs> Sorry, I've just, I've just answered my own question, really. Have you always enjoyed eclectic music? Uh, not really. When I was a child, I remember going to Menorca, and um, the only thing I liked then was uh, Meatloaf, Hits Out of Hell, yes. because I had it on tape. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that was kind of the first album that I properly got into and uh, still really like it now. Yeah. Um, and then uh, kind of at school started to listen to Oasis and Blur and all that and then uh, just uh, kind of uh, moved on really and went. Yeah, I, I just like any any type of art really that people express, where people express themselves and have a go and... Um, that is what I like. It can be a person at a festival with an audience of one or mm-hmm. 50,000. Doesn't, doesn't matter if you see someone and they're having a go with all their heart and their soul, and mm-hmm. that's it, really. That's what I'm more interested in people than music. Do you know what I mean? Like the people behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be it's going to be very interesting uh, seeing that in your uh, festival as well. Uh, but but before we get to um, to get more about your dream festival, uh, um, you were you're a person that um, has done really amazing uh, uh, stand up and poetry shows about like you did the sleep show, sky show, hair show, and so on. Have you ever considered one doing like anything around music or festivals? Has that ever inspired you in that way? The music show. Music show, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, for, for for a live special, I thought I'd write a personalized question. And uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Do you play any instruments? And did you ever want to be a musician? Yeah. I well, thing is, I did. Yeah. One of the first dreams that I had that I can remember. Or no, it wasn't one of the first dreams. But I had a dream that I was on stage with the Stereophonics at Glastonbury, and I was playing guitar. And uh, so, That's 
Oh, that's kind of the end of that story. <laughs> but but I, no, I do. I play guitar a little bit, yeah. not very well, enough to um, get a kick out of it. Like I yeah. just learnt the Street Spirit riff and have played that since yes. I was about eighteen, just over and over. And I always try and like, oh, I'm going to learn something new. And uh, but yeah, no, I enjoy it. Though. It's been good in lockdown with it. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I think Street Spirit is such a um, interesting choice, and if no one uh, at home knows that, it's a, it's a, the last track on the Bends by Radiohead, and a quite quite a sad song as well. So I can understand why you might not be motivated to do <laughs> any more songs. Really, it's like nah, this is enough actually. Yeah, but it was. I loved. I love. Um, I love it with guitar. Where that that took me ages to learn it and get it, so I could do it off by heart. And um, it's it's like that one, and um, so it took a bit of doing it, and I'd try it one day, and I'd be able to do about a tiny little bit of it, and then the next day a bit more. And I just love that about the human brain, where it's got. I did a thing a couple of years ago where I had to learn loads and loads and loads of lines, and um, mm-hmm. I couldn't get the lines to go into my head. But then the power of sleep, with regard yeah. to progressing is just immense and i love that it, it almost feels bigger than bigger than my ability you know it's like you try something one day you can't do it but then all your work adds up and the next day you can do it so or you, you can do it better than you could and just that thing of like time marching on like that and if you put the work in then it does add up and i love all that kind of stuff yeah and that's a very uh yeah, I, I, that kind of resonates with me a, a lot, and uh, it's hard to see how much you grow, but when people, when we take a step back, you can kind of see that, that incline as well. It's a very articulate way of saying it, and I think that's the perfect time to head towards the next part of the podcast called Setting Up Camp, where we're going to learn a bit more admin behind your festival. Hello and welcome to Season 4 of Castable. What a delight it is to have you back here. If you'd like to help support the podcast, because this is an ad-free podcast, there's many ways you can do that. You can follow me at Matt House Comedy on the social medias like Instagram and Twitter, and watch me do live performances on Twitch. I'm still doing Twitch throughout the summers and from 2021 onwards, so please do follow me there. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel at Matt House Comedy. If you'd like to, you can also read my book available from my website, www.matthousecomedy.com. It's called Purify. On top of that, make sure to join the Patreon where there's extra bonus content every single week. If you like my streams, there's some stuff there. And if you wanted to help the podcast specifically, make sure to give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast provider that you use and do share with friends. Other than that, enjoy this very special episode of Castable. Needing a a late last night And I've got no place to go I took a wrong turn and now I'm here I'm pissing Rob, I, I see you got a big old uh, notepad full of, uh, of ideas and stuff. So, um... What is the name of your festival? Uh, Autumn Towers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, like for anyone listening at home, I'm going to give this a standing ovation. That is brilliant and absolutely, Thank absolutely you. cracking stuff there. Autumn Towers, I love that. Um, would you have any theme park kind of vibes there as well? I was thinking about that. Um, no, I'm not. I've decided. <laughs> I've decided against theme park. Um, I'm not going to have any uh, theme park stuff. I was thinking about Hellslide. Did you ever go to Lightwater Valley? Was that? Yeah, I I live near there actually. Yeah. Oh really? What Ripper? I live in North Yorkshire at the moment, but yeah, yeah. When I went there as a kid, there was, I went on this Hellslide, and it was a proper big one. I re- I remember it being big, and um, I was hanging off the side of it, and I thought, and I was like, I can't do it, I can't do it, and. Um, the guy who was let, who was like sorting all the kids out or whatever, he was like, "Okay, I'll pull you back up," and then he grabbed me by the arms and then just let go of me. And um, <laughs> I just, oh god, and that was like, okay, right, well, all my trust for humanity has gone out the window <laughs> with that. Um, so no, no, none of that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, it's quite a cruel lesson for someone to learn that to lose to lose everyone, uh, all hope in humanity here yeah, from Lightwater Valley. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, I've got it back now, but it scarred me for a few years. Anyway, uh, but yeah. So talking about um, location, uh, whereabouts geographically is your festival, Rob? 
Um, that is something that I struggle to pinpoint. I just want it to be in a, a large expanse of land, obviously, but I was thinking that it could be on the site of the Festival Number no. 6 festival, because Festival Number no. 6 isn't happening anymore. So that is at uh, Port Merian in uh, Wales, isn't it? So maybe I will go there. Uh, actually, I didn't know, um, and you know, I talk about, a lot about festivals on this podcast. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't think I've uh, I've rings a bell, but I don't think I know too much about it. Can you tell me more about Festival Six? Is that something that you've uh, loved in the past? Yeah, I've loved it. It's an excellent festival set in Port Merion, where they filmed uh, The Prisoner, and uh, it's quite a small festival. Um, and there's uh, woods and some water and uh, not too many stages um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to put this festival there just because it isn't massive but that I've kind of thought I kind of like to put it there but the, as we go into details of my festival I'm going to need a lot of space for it and I don't know if there's <laughs> enough space at Lightwater uh, uh, it's not going to be uh, <laughs> it's, but, it's not a Lightwater Valley no, no, the hell no, slide no. Is, is unforgiven for yeah, sure yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. so in terms of do you, do you want it to be quite intimate but sparse as well yeah I'd like I'd like the big moments to be massive and for the intimate moments to be very intimate you know so as you can get that at Glastonbury I think um if you chance upon someone, like with Glastonbury, when I went in 2007, it was so muddy that year. So we spent a lot of time in um, the smaller, basically, if you if you went for a drink in one of the smaller tents and there was someone playing a fiddle in the corner, it was so, it was such a mission to get anywhere else. You just ended up <laughs> staying there. And yeah. so we would just stay in these places where there was not many people, but there was like bands coming on one after another, and it was just some of the best, best ever. And then, um, but then I also saw Arcade Fire that year, it was <laughs> fantastic. Who were also playing a fiddle in a tent as well. Like it's a, it's yeah. a quite a small year for them. But uh, is Glastonbury one of your favourite festivals? And yeah. how many times have you been there? Glastonbury is definitely one of my favourite festivals I've been. Uh... You want me to try and list them? <laughs> you, know, you don't have to. Uh, well, 2003, uh, uh, yeah. that was the first time. Saw Flaming Lips and Radiohead, mm-hmm. uh, R.E.M., David Gray. Um, 2004, saw Paul McCartney then. Um, then a couple of years off, 2007, went 2008, 2009, 2000. I've been quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, and then I, went, I, I, worked, I worked there. <laughs> In, if you can call it work. Uh, in <laughs> yeah. 2014, I was the Glastonbury Poet in Residence. Yes, yeah. And tell us more about that. That's a really amazing. Well, it was an absolute mission, basically. Have you ever been to a festival on your own? Yeah, yeah. I actually, um, when I was a teenager, about 17, I went to Sonosphere in 20... 20- 2009, uh, which is a heavy metal festival, and I travel. I, I live in, I say, North Yorkshire, and I travelled by myself on a coach down to um, Stevenage, and it was uh, just camped by myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite intense, isn't it? It is, yeah, because like, especially as a teenager, I definitely felt like uh, I, I really wanted to be loved. So I was like, hang out with people and be like, hey, can I be part yeah, of your yeah. friendship group, please? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> no, not at all. Well, it didn't, didn't happen for me anyway. <laughs> and I thought, you know, oh, Glastonbury, it's all peace and love. But it's, it's so difficult to get a ticket now mm-hmm. that you go with your friendship. I'm, I'm not saying some people who are listening to this might have gone to Glastonbury hooked up with loads of randoms and um, just had a fantastic time. But for me, my impression of it was that it's so difficult to get a ticket that you go with your friendship group and it's kind of locked. And if you get some weirdo, yeah. me who's, who's um, you know, it ain't happening basically. <laughs> but um, the, the poet in residence experience was good. It was a lot of, a lot of hard work. I was holed up in a porter cabin behind the pyramid stage. <laughs> and um, had my own, they gave me like... Um, an Apple Mac to work on, and I had to write uh, mm-hmm. five or six, well, just as many poems as I could, basically, over mm-hmm. the course of it. And then I performed on the poetry stage on the Sunday. And mm-hmm. um, it was good. It, 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 was, um, it was an epic, epic experience. 
I could, to be honest, when you said Porter Cabin, I kind of I, I misinterpreted that for Portaloo, and I thought they were being so cheap that for the whole weekend your accommodation was a Portaloo outside the main tent, which I thought would be a bit harsh to be fair. But I, like, did, yeah. I did get to stay in the hospitality uh, <laughs> camping, but that, it's not too far away from the normal camping. But um, yeah, that was. But no, I think the you know I just with the with the time I don't want to get onto the time that we live in now and now, but that. 2000 those you know when you're there with your uni mates and mm-hmm. i don't know it's i'll be glad when it's all back up and running obviously yeah, you'd absolutely. be if i was like oh, i don't want everything you know anyway i can right. still imagine to be fair rob i still can imagine us both going to a festival by ourselves <laughs> we're gonna go we'll meet up together alone in the you know, last room by ourselves it'd be great we won't talk to each other but we stood like in in eye proximity for sure but um um but talking about camping and, and accommodation at the Alton Towers Festival, uh, is there camping for you? Are you a fan of camping? What's your vibe? Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. I do, I think that, I mean, one of the best things about Glastonbury for me, or festivals in general, is having to lug all your stuff from the car or, well, or bus or wherever, and just that, um, just the grind of <laughs> carrying all that stuff and then getting yes. your tent set up. Yeah. And the first the first when you that first drink of the festival when you've set your stuff up it's been an absolute mission mm-hmm. so one of the things that i would like to um implement at this festival is you know there's going to be a lot of magic that goes on and one of the magic elements of this is every time you have a drink at this festival it has the same effect on you as that first drink oh, um that would nice. be good wouldn't it yeah and what I, what I really appreciate having you on the podcast, Rob, is that you're obviously you're a poet by nature, but in terms of, I think you can bring a really poetic uh, sensation to what festival it is. Because like, we all love, um, well, uh, a lot of people who listen to the podcast really love festivals. And it's that moment you've just captured, but like kind of doing it in a uh, uh, in a way which isn't, uh, it's throughout the festival. And that's really, it's a nice touch. Um, yeah, it was always scrumpy jack for me. <laughs> And, uh, oh yeah, like, I remember in Leeds Festival, and, like, uh, if you camped, you went there on a Thursday, you would get, like, a, a can of skull, uh, which is, like, a very, very cheap Polish lager as well, and, like, it was it was rough, but it felt like you weren't there, you know I mean? Like, you set up a camp in the, in the hot, you're sweating, and, like, you've just carried, like, 15 kilos of, uh, uh, like, Carlsberg to your tent, and it's like, it's, we're ready now, we're ready. <laughs> well... Just before we start, like getting into that, the there is no tickets for this festival, right? You've got to write a letter saying why you think that you should be let in and what good deeds you've done over the course of the year. And the good thing about this is that it makes want people. It's such a good, epic festival that it makes people want to be better people and do more things with their lives for other people. So you write a letter and you're like, I've done this for this charity. I've done this, 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 this. Yeah. Can I come in? And then what it does is it, it gets people to react, to um, interact with their friends, and then they push each other on to mm-hmm. so that they all get accepted, so they're all egging each other on to do, be better and better people, basically. So that's what that will be. And then can I talk about the queuing system? Uh, I just need to respond to that first because that's blown my mind and my heart. That's so good. Oh my god, you're like you're like the Santa Claus of festivals. That's so nice. Like, and would you be the one who's determined good and bad? Would you be like, uh, that person's not coming in, but yes, Sally, come on in. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't. There'd be a team of people who are <laughs> much better equipped to judge people than me. So, and with the queue, yeah. right mm-hmm. at the main gate where people queue to get in. Now, if it's a dream festival, you'd like to think that there wouldn't be a queue. Mm-hmm. But I think part of one of the best, that feeling of finally getting through is it's just immense. When you've been queuing for ages and ages and ages, you get through and you're like, yeah, we're here. Now, you want that elation, right? So you've got to go through a bit of pain to get the elation. But the difference with this queue is that there is a stage outside the festival where people are queuing mm-hmm. so the and then on there is um a selection of the best covers covers bands right yes. so yeah. it's not real but it I mean they are real bands covers <laughs> bands are real bands but yeah. 
they're just giving people a taste. And so you've got things like uh, Razor Like. Have you, I just looked up the best names for covers bands, and yeah. these are my favourites. Yes, uh, Razor Like, Alanish <laughs> Morissette, yeah. uh, The Fillers, yes. uh, Pete Loaf. That yeah. was good. Um, Nirvana is a yeah. good one. Yeah. The Ian Duncan Smiths, Red Hot Chili Pipers. They're good. Have you heard them? Yeah, I think, um, is it Bagpipes version of Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, is yeah. That, and then yeah. Beatallica, who <laughs> Beatles covers in the style of Metallica. And Rob, um, I'm not sure if, like, I actually, uh, my two favourite bands as a teenager were Metallica and the Beatles. So, like, once I found out about Beatallicas, that was a whole journey for me. Like, oh, yeah, that, was <laughs> that was a year of my teenage life <laughs> dedicated to that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think uh, so. I like that. I like a lot of tribute bands as well. Uh, okay, one of my yeah. favorite um, tribute names is uh, instead of the Cure, it's Liquor. Oh yeah, it's, uh, God, it's, that's good. It's, 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 if you were gonna, um, if you're gonna join a tribute band just because of the name, what kind of name would you come up with? What kind of a uh, uh, band would you choose to be in? Um, I don't know. Sorry, that was an on-the-spot pun. And I, I know, trying, uh, I can't sorry do about that. that. Not that quick. <laughs> sorry about that. It's, it's, it's really tough. Give, give me a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, I want you to do, Rob. I want you to email the podcast. Once once this is all done, uh, we'll, we'll do it in post. And uh, afterwards, I'll say, if Rob said this, it'd <laughs> be good. Oh, if anyone else in the chat, by the way, if you have any other names for really cool uh, tribute bands, stick them in. I'll read them out. That sounds, that sounds yeah. absolutely... Let's crowdsource this. Absolutely. Castable, are you ready? Here we go! Get on your feet! If you know this one, sing along. Let's, let's move straight on to your uh, festival because I think they've got a lot of diamonds okay. in there. So. Yeah, 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 all right. So Thursday night, everyone's in and there is a complimentary but compulsory therapy <laughs> session, right? <laughs> so all all the, world, all the world's top psychiatrists have been flown in yeah. from all over the world and you had to fill in a form So and then you get partnered up with your perfect psychiatrist. Now, many people, including me, well, they've never been to therapy before. And you're like, oh, I'm not sure. But you go into this, these like, they're like little dens set up and everyone has to do it. And it just flushes everything out. So you start and you're like, oh my God, this is the best. And then you go and then there's, um, there's a campfire for everyone. And then um, you go and sit around the campfire with all your friends. And then you talk about your therapy session. And then you just talk about everything. So any like, and, and you just have like conversations like you've never had before. And then, um, and then that's that. And then with the campfire, you're allowed to choose one person to out of any, you know, singer, whatever, mm-hmm. from all of history to come and um, sing at your campfire just with you and your friends. So for me, I'd have uh, Billy Conley because I think that would be, yes, I think that, he would uh, bring the party and will be a good storyteller. Now that's, I think your Thursday is really, really, uh, it's it's brilliant, uh, but uh, I think it's it's going to be quite, quite a, quite a lot, you know what I mean? Because you're going in, you have the first sip of the day, it's going to be, you've been queuing and been listening to Beatalica, which is, uh, yeah. you know, it's been an absolute highlight. You come in and you have a therapy session. Yeah. What I loved about that, Rob, was that it, it sounded really passive aggressive, I mean, like, it's complimentary, but compulsory. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of sounds, you definitely need it, but we'll pay for it, it's, it's fine. But that's really, it's actually very, very sweet and uh, it's, and uh, I like the idea that people can share that across as well and certainly in the past uh, episodes we talked about like uh, uh, kind of like trauma and like kind of dealing with that at the festivals as well and it's yeah it's, it's a very noble thing to have and also it allows for, for a Thursday night it allows you to have a clean slate for the rest of the festival it kind of gets everything off your chest I'd say so so is there anything else on your Thursday apart from uh, no that's it no, it's, quite, it's quite a laid back Thursday night really um, no, because I, I know with, with like Glastonbury you go on Wednesday and uh, mm-hmm. Thursday by, by the time Friday comes around it's uh, it can be quite tasty but um, so can I talk about Friday morning yes that's good. let's start with Friday uh, so it's free breakfast compulsory breakfast all the best chefs from all over the world have been flown in <laughs> yeah so and it's free free breakfast because you've been so good 
you've written your letter and it's you, you go around, you know, and then 8 a.m. Uh, so it's early start. Um, Joe, yeah. Wick, um, Joe Wick's PE class, <gasps> right, on the main stage. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's compulsory. But instead, you know, when he was playing music through lockdown, yes, so he'd have yeah. like Bob Marley, George Ezra. Well, they're there and they, so instead of it, he's just playing it, then they come on and play along with it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that. That'd be really cool. I think that's a really nice uh, atmosphere. Yeah, well. but after that, Matt, right, yes. people are going to need to have a shower, aren't they? You don't want to spend your whole day being like yeah. that. So um, there's a massive shower field. It is huge. And there's cubicles for everyone, enough for so many hundred thousand people. People are going to need to have a shower. And there's yes. a massive shower field. There's yeah. people cleaning the showers all the time. And maybe you're thinking, oh, no, people cleaning the showers. But... Everyone who's a cleaner is getting paid one million pounds for the yeah. weekend. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. all great gravy. And there's a stage in the shower field where water-themed bands are playing, including Aqua, Wet Wet Wet, the Water <laughs> Boys, and the Beach Boys. Right? Oh my god, that's so good! I love that. Honest to God, like yeah. Uh, <laughs> first, yeah, because a wet a wet themed stage that's good. It does sound a little bit dangerous, but uh, and also you have to be careful with like the electrical equipment. But if you know, with that aside, that's very cool. Uh, so is it is it like kind of free? Is it open to everyone at all the time? Is it like a yeah, yeah. is it like a conveyor belt kind of thing? Uh, what's the vibe? No, no, it's um, it's a free for all. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it sounds like people are going to be like jamming their way to the front. So ev- everyone's everyone's on a shower. Everyone's like top top draw now, right? Yeah. And then music. Okay, can we talk about the main stage music? Let's go for it. Yeah. All right. So that's it's eleven a.m. It starts. Yeah. Doctor Dre playing two thousand and one from start to finish with all the guests. Oh, I've got to be honest. I'm not familiar with the album, but obviously familiar with Dr. Dre. Which kind of guests are on the album? And who's some of the... There's M- Eminem, um, Exhibit, Snoop Doggy Dog, um, yeah. all that lot. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're, yeah. they're definitely... Uh, um, yeah, that, that, that's going to be an iconic uh, moment. And is that the first, apart from Joe Wicks and George Ezra, is that the first time to act on who's going to be kind of setting the, the tone for the rest of the festival? Um... Well, yeah, setting yeah. the tone for the next couple of hours. Um, That's a very good question, because uh, um, uh, in terms of your, uh, in the way that you set it up, uh, you don't have to do uh, reveal your lineup, but like, uh, have you got themed days, or is it kind of, uh, uh, is there any distinction between the, uh, the three days? I think so. I think, you know, starting with the bang on a Friday, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Dre, and then after that, Kanye coming on, playing Jesus yes. in full, and then after that, Missy Elliott, and then Nirvana, and then the Sex Pistols, and then the Clash, and then Iggy Pop, and then Young Fathers, and then Daft Punk, and then The Fall, and then Chemical Brothers. Right, hold on. <laughs> so <laughs> just a bit of admin, and that was a lot. <laughs> so uh, Dr. Dre, Kanye, uh, Missy Elliott, Nirvana, The Clash, Iggy Pop, Daft Punk, but yeah, so there's a lot going on here. Uh, so we start off with kind of like a, a hip hop start, and then you kind of move into like a, a um, to the kind of more like a punk, uh, and then you go to Daft Punk as well. So because a lot to break down first, but first, do you are you a fan of like listening to albums in their entirety, or do you kind of are you a bit more sporadic in that way? Um, no, I do I do try to listen to album from start to finish, definitely. But with the Doctor Dre album in particular, I just that is something that I, I love listening to that all in its entirety. And um, mm-hmm. I think that that would be brilliant to see that live. I was just thinking, trying to think of stuff that I'd really like to see. And that is one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, never got to see Nirvana. I'd like to have seen that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, we've had people on the podcast who uh, have seen the live, and it's uh, yeah, it's something I've always very jealous of as well. But like, uh, so with Nirvana as well, uh, what time do you reckon Nirvana are going to be playing in your festival, and how long? Um, well, if it starts at eleven, Dr. Dre is going to be on. I think that's about sixty minutes um, changeover. <laughs> I think Nirvana are going to be on at about one. Mm-hmm. Maybe. No, brilliant stuff. Yeah. I'd like it to be quite short, shortish sets. <laughs> yeah, you uh, don't want any filler, you know. 
Right. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. There's very like the, the the lineup you have submitted so far. There's that the, it's like legends only at the moment. This is pretty. I, I doubt there's many uh, uh many filler. Um, so you also you also mentioned the Clash and Iggy Pop. Uh, are you a big punk fan? I like the ethos of punk of um DIY and yeah. um just um really just having a go and seeing how it goes and. Um, trying your best and trying to get better and not worrying about um, the perfection of it and it being more about uh, spirit and just, you know, grabbing the ball by the horns and saying, we're going to do this and it's going to be like this. And if you like it, great. If you don't like it, it doesn't matter. Come on, let's go. And um, one of my main heroes really is Joe Strummer and I just love the way that he um, speaks about humanity and I love the Julian Temple documentary, um, The Future is Unwritten, and um, the way that he says about us all being alive at the same time. And like, mm-hmm. come on, you know, we're all alive at the same time. We've got to do this. And um, people just being everything. And mm-hmm. I firmly believe in that. And um, yeah. I mean, I never got to see Joe Strummer at Glastonbury, but um, he was always there knocking about the Strummerville yeah. field, wasn't he? And, Absolutely. I remember being at university and Joe Strummer and the Mascaleros Mascaleros yeah. were playing in the union and um, I didn't go and I don't know why. Yes, oh my God. Like uh, There's so many opportunities like that. Um, uh, like Maybe like p- before I went to uni, but like you're very much like, uh, where you're like, oh yeah, I just can't be bothered going to that all. And like now, especially now, like uh, a year, nearly a year into lockdown, like you've kind of like, oh, I, I would I would go and see anything at this point. Do you know what I mean? Like just, just any live thing would be so wonderful. And totally, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I miss it as well. Um, but in, in terms of like, um, like punk and Joe, Joe Strummer and stuff like that, that relates a lot to your your kind of like your your work. So, do you think it like Joe Strummer and like the punk method is that does that correlate to uh, your career and your uh, and the way that you build it up? I don't know. I I think I think uh, possibly I saw an interview with Pete Townsend from the Who and he was talking about um, whether he gets nervous or not before, and he was saying that the I don't know, something he said in that interview made me realise that we are going to die, so there's no point in really getting too nervous about too much. Yeah. And um, so it's just have a go while you, while you can. And um, I think that I, I do, uh, if I'm ever getting stressed out before a gig, I do I do kind of do tell myself that. Look, in the grand scheme, not to sound like too much of an idiot, but I do like to think about the, the size of everything as well and how I am pretty much like a piece of dust with a heartbeat in the grand scheme of things you know and it's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna try my best but yeah absolutely it's i think is that a punk ethos probably not i don't know but no i, I think it's a, a, a rob ethos you know what i mean i think it's uh again it's very well articulated and very poetic and uh, yeah i appreciate that thank you you're welcome so who is the who's your headliner for a friday night uh, the Chem- Chemical Brothers. Because you've got, because you kind of go from punk to like kind of dance electronic, and uh, I think that's a really that's a nice way to finish a Friday because you're going to be absolutely uh, buzzing as well. So, uh, is there a big nightlife at your festival? Um, I haven't designed one, no. But there should be, shouldn't there? Because festivals such as Glastonbury really come to life after the bands have finished. Mm-hmm. But I haven't thought about that. But with, I, I did. I just wanted. I wanted all the bands on that day to be able to watch the other bands and really say, like, I think that Kurt Cobain would like... I'm, I'm putting... I don't know if he would or not, but I imagine he would have enjoyed a Chemical Brothers live experience. Yeah. Because I went and I've seen them a few times and when they have the robots mm-hmm. with the lasers coming out of the eyes mm-hmm. and um, it's just full on. I mean, there's punk in that. It's just creativity at the end of the day and it's just... It's just, I remember, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know when it went away, it must have been 2012 or something like that, when Chemical Brothers headlined the other stage at Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. I was just walking through the crowd, being like, shouting, I want to go home, as a joke. Yeah. But it was just kicking off so much, there was flares everywhere. I was like, <laughs> oh, whoa, all right. And it was Sunday night, I think. It was yeah. just mad. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a mad Sunday. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit too much. For a treat the other night, because uh, I, I was in with my family, and uh, as a treat, we turned off the light, put on BBC at Glastonbury, <laughs> and put on the Chemical Brothers, and we're like, woo, we're there! We had our own mini festival there, so... Oh, really? And even when we weren't there, it was still quite overwhelming, do you know what I mean? It was like uh, it was like the uh, the musical equivalent of being uh, thrown off a hell slide, do you know what I mean? It's uh, very traumatic, yeah, but... <laughs> well, I was watching... Um the olympics opening ceremony yeah uh, the other day and that had the same effect mm-hmm. on me yeah. stella Wedderburn is watching this i know that she enjoyed the olympic opening ceremony and the it was just unbelievable and my dad sent me a song by underworld that was used in that ceremony mm-hmm. and sorry i'm just going to find it because if there's one thing that people take away from this podcast i want it to be for them to google well they probably know it anyway but the song is called caliban's dream c-a-l-i-b-a-n-s dream and i'll put into the podcast i'll put into the show notes so people can listen to it well i've just listened to it i don't know if it's because my dad sent it to me but i just i've been listening to it a lot and it is just brilliant. Listen to it on the morning, listen to it on night time. But anyway, I forgot to say about the um, stage. That day is, I've got different compares for each of the days. Oh, lovely stuff. Usually we don't really have compares during musical stuff, cause, but I think it's missing. I think it does a really nice touch. Who, which uh, compare do you have on Friday? Uh, more comment wise. Oh, hello, hello. I love that very, very much. Do you have a personal affinity to them? Is that, um, I just like them. I think that they would be brilliant at introducing bands like the Sex Pistols <laughs> and uh, yeah. the Chemical Brothers and Absolutely. their reactions to uh, Nirvana and everything <laughs> like that. I just think it'd be fantastic. And just those guys just absolutely bursting with humor and talent and just oh god just um, unbelievable but i've got a second stage as well for that day can i quickly go through that yes let's smash through it yeah so the second stage is a hundred capacity theater space Mm -hmm. now it's going to be quite difficult there's going to be a long queue to get into this right but it will be worth it so shall Mm -hmm. i talk through the apps absolutely well the compares for this is uh, the league of gentlemen Oh, right. yes, please, yeah. yeah. Um, and opening that stage, Neil Young, solo acoustic performance, mm-hmm. right? 100 capacity, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it'd be Johnny Mitchell acoustic, Fleetwood Mac acoustic, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's acoustic, yeah. Velvet Underground, Patti Smith, and then headlined by Bob Dylan, solo acoustic, mm-hmm. and... He's been paid so much money that he has agreed for one time only to do the songs as they almost appear on the albums. <laughs> yeah, because if anyone doesn't know, like Bob Dylan, uh, as well as quite a few uh, artists of his caliber, kind of like uh, kind of don't really play the songs as they were originally written, and and a lot of people come away from the gigs feeling quite bemused or quite uh, uh, irritated at that fact as well. Um, and I think that's fair to say, is it, Rob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, this time he's uh, he's got his guitar and he's doing. Maggie's found, the hard rain's gonna fall, and all those right? brilliant stuff. Next um, page. So, so yeah, let's head, let's um let's have a lovely night's sleep and head over to our Saturday morning where we we'll go into the shower field, get freshened up, yeah. um, uh, go and uh, go and listen to some uh, aqua, and uh, head over to uh, the main stage. Uh, who have you got? Who's well, your first act on your Saturday? Just before we go to the main stage, mm. I'd like to talk about some of the other fields. Oh yes, um, please. Yeah. So there's a science field. I went to a festival. I think there's a Green Man. There's a science field. Yeah. Who's on the science field? Einstein is headlining. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was like kind of like an interactive space, like like the no, life no, museum. No, 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 no. But you get like, please welcome onto the stage. He's a heavy metal legend. It's Albert Einstein. He comes on to like Kiss music and stuff like that. That'd be sick. He's doing a lecture. Yeah. <laughs> um, Charles Darwin talking yeah. about um, his favorite subjects. And then another part is um, before we move on. I would love to see Nicole uh, Nikola Tesla just uh, doing a doing a crowd dive and be like, "Yeah, rock and roll, <laughs> punk forever." 
Yeah, um, sorry, sorry, Rob. I don't on. know who that is, by the way. Who is that? Uh, uh, Tesla, um, he, um, I believe uh, it was a person that kind of uh, had the idea for um, like a, a electric, uh, like electric cars and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm not massively into it, but I know Tesla's a, a famous name in the science community. What is that where the name Tesla comes yeah. from? Is it? Uh, right, okay. I was, ju- I was just watching um, Elon Musk on the Joe Rogan podcast. Have you seen that? No, I, I think, uh, that, yeah, I don't really, I try to stray, stray away from uh, Joe, uh, Joe Rogan as much as possible. Oh, okay, but, fair uh, enough. But no, 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 dis, uh, no disrespect uh, <laughs> who does, uh, but, uh, just, uh, yeah, I just think I'm too, uh, too uh, it's, Joe Rogan can run me up the wrong way sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I'll cut that bit from the podcast. Okay. So any, any live viewers just fair heard, enough. yeah, I, I've just burnt Joe Rogan. <laughs> I don't really know much about him, so maybe if you told me some of the stuff, then I would be on the same page as you. But at the moment, I just thought yeah. I wanted to know more about Elon Musk and how he's made so much money. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I watched a three-hour interview with uh, him and Kanye West as well. Mm-hmm. That was unbelievable. This science field is set a little bit away from the rest of the festival. Mm-hmm. takes a bit of a walk to get there, but the reason is is because... It's there's no light pollution. You don't want any any of the light pollution because in this field there is set up is 500 of the most expensive telescopes in the world, and yeah. um, you go it's 500 capacity. You each get a telescope, and Carl Sagan then talks you through the cosmos. Yeah, and the um, it's also been planned so it's the night of an eclipse and a meteor shower, right? Wow, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's amazing. You you kind of pitching like uh like quite very very magical and uh, it feels like you'll be very complete after this. This is kind of like a really uh like this is a very uh, wholesome soul fulfilling. Uh, well, it was something that I wanted to go to. You know, I've got an art tent. Mm-hmm. Um, an art tent. An art tent is where famous artists paint pictures live on stage, and there's yes. big screens. So you go in there, you can sit down, and the three days headlined by Francis Bacon, yes. Frida Kahlo, and Picasso. I mean, um, imagine heckling Monet, but like, all right, paint faster, dickhead. You know what I mean? Like, imagine, <laughs> imagine that the, the kind of heckles which artists might get. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, do you have any other tents uh, you would like to take us through yeah. before we uh, uh, podcast the... tent? Yes. Um, would, would I be there, Rob? Yeah, you'd be there. Thank you. That's very kind. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. Um, Headlining would be Norm Macdonald interviewing Bob Einstein. Have you watched that? No, I haven't, no. That's another thing if I can uh, encourage people to watch is uh, the Norm Macdonald podcast where he's interviewing Bob Einstein, Marty Funkhauser from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. And um, that's my favourite. I'd just love, I'd have loved to have seen that in the flesh. Um, mm-hmm. That is just, yeah, I just think it's so funny. He's, I think he's the one of the funniest people ever to have lived. And then next, um, Louis Theroux grounded and he's interviewing Jesus. That would be yeah. good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of questions would Louis Theroux ask Jesus? Because <laughs> that'd be a really good interview, but like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a, very interesting. I don't know. I think it, I did have. Um, in interviewing God or Hitler, but I, yeah. I went with Jesus. <laughs> and then we've got a kids' field. I think one of the things about Glastonbury, like the kids' field, is absolutely it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, but all the big kids TV stars are there. Dora the Explorer. All the Pixar characters are there, but they're yeah. not people in costumes. They are the actual living and breathing characters, right? So you're in watching Bob Dylan, and you turn around, Buzz Lightyear is there. Mm-hmm. And he, he can't hear anything, and you're like, oh, come on, take your visor down. <laughs> he's just very COVID secure, yeah, I mean, he just... Oh, yeah, put ready. your visor up, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then um, Teletubbies, all that stuff, and then you've yeah. got live kids TV shows being filmed, Funhouse, Get Your Own Back, mm-hmm. uh, parents are getting gunged left, right and centre. Um, I think that's it for the rest of... Oh, no, I've got Cinema 10. Yes. Um, with Q and A's, um, so there's the films are playing, and before no, um, after you've got a Q and A, so I thought my, I'd love to go and see uh, Pulp Fiction with yeah. a Q and A after, and an intro by Tarantino, and then mm. 
as it goes on, you've got live director and cast commentary. Mm-hmm. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, and I then, love this so much. Uh, and then the Magical Mystery Tour. With, yes. And the Beatles are introducing it. <laughs> oh and um, people are like, why aren't they playing? Why aren't the Beatles playing? <laughs> yeah, that's my first question. But um, they do a secret <laughs> set somewhere. Got, okay. Um, yeah. They do like a secret set. And, um, you know, like at Glastonbury where you have the secret sets. One of my big regrets is not seeing Pulp when they did a secret oh, set in uh, yeah. 2011 or something like that. Um, so let's, uh, let's move on to our Saturday. So what kind of acts do you have for your Saturday? Okay, main room? stage, um, starting off with the Flaming Lips, just because yes. they're, they're my favourite band, I think. My favorite, yeah, I've seen them the most I've seen anyone. Mm-hmm. I think their ethos and everything like that is just... Uh, very inspiring. What was a very memorable experience at seeing them live? Because I know mm. their live shows are quite esoteric um, and they're quite... They're quite um, what? Uh, esoteric. Esoteric? What's that mean again? It's uh, very specific and very, like, uh, uh, like carved out a, a niche. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, get, I, I don't know. I think that they... I don't, I don't, I've had a few experiences uh, watching the Flaming Lips... It's just, I don't know, it just make me want to live more. And that is yeah. like, just with the balloons and the music and his words, I just, I just, oh, it's just unbelievable. Um, Jimi Hendrix follows them, followed by Little Richard, then Elvis, yeah, uh, Dolly Parton, <laughs> Stevie Wonder, Abba, Talking Heads, Queen, David oh, Bowie gosh. doing Black Star in full. Yeah. And then the Pogues. The thing is, right, uh, Rob, you've obviously done one of the best lineups uh, ever. And what, what what's happened here is like, with your lineup, what's happening? It's like I'm being jabbed with awesomeness and then being undercut in the ribs by some more awesomeness. You know what I mean? Like, it, if this was a boxing match, I wouldn't know which way you were coming at me for. You know what I mean? Like, it's you've you've got a lot going on, and it's all like I. I would be like there would be a reason why I went by myself that weekend because I would be so uh, just so overwhelmed by everything. But like, oh my god, this is so good. Well, uh, yeah, you have got a lot of legends in there. The clashes would be bad, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, like because that that could break up a relationship. Because like you know, with certain relationships, like oh, I want to go and see this band, I want to go and see that band. There's a compromise. But imagine being like, oh, I want to see Elvis. Well, I want to see Jimi Hendrix. So let's let's go a different way, shall we? Um, but the Pogues. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to see them for a long time and never, never got to see them. And I've heard their live shows are really immense and quite, uh, um, and still to the day, Shane McGowan, um, obviously famous for his uh, um, his excessive alcohol uh, consumption. Um, it's a very polite way to say it, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's still, yeah, that's still part of the shows uh, today as well. So uh, mm. yeah, be, I'd be very interested to see that as well. What is it about the Pogues which really makes you would like to see them um, like perform? Um, I just know every time I put their CD on, it just makes me want to have a good time, and mm-hmm. I'd love to do that in a in a live environment with them in in front of me, really. And um, I just, think, I mean, they big mates with um, Joe Strummer, weren't they? And I think that that. Um, the atmosphere created is, is kind of the same. And uh, I love that song, Tuesday Morning, that mm-hmm. he sings on. That's amazing. Oh, it's a great song, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and that stage would be compared by the cast of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> it's a choice I wouldn't have expected. It's very unexpected. Uh, but what a good choice. Uh, getting uh, Larry David up would be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love the idea of Susie uh, just coming on and being like, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, wonderful stuff. Yeah, look at all you scum. <laughs> and then the second stage would be um, Tom Waits. Yes. Never seen him. Would love to see Tom Waits. Uh, PJ Harvey, Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh, yes, please. Arcade Fire from 2007. Uh, mm-hmm. Silver Jews. Janis Joplin, Bill yeah. Callahan, Bonnie Prince Billy, Christine and the Queens, and then Joy Division. And would have all those are kind of acoustic or stripped down sets? Um, or are they kind of like just intimate? Well, with just intimate, really. I, mm-hmm. I think that Christine and the Queens and Joy Division should be full throttle, really. Mm-hmm. And um, Neutral Milk Hotel as well. 
and mm. Arcade Fire. I just, I'd, I'd love to see Arcade Fire in a in a small setting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Arcade Fire are one of the bands which, as a teenager, I was very tribal about my music, and for a while, it was kind of like because they were not not necessarily. Uh, mainstream but they were certainly popular uh they're very very um and uh but they took me a while to kind of realize how awesome they are and i did get to see them once whilst i did love them as well but like um absolutely having um being able to be in a position where you can really be at one with their music as well as everyone in that room that could be really special yeah brilliant um with that being said, let's move on quickly to uh, Sunday. Then let's uh, let's talk about um, who. Um, is there any f- uh, any other tents that you have, or any other food kind of stuff you've got before moving oh, on yeah, to Sunday? Food, food. I would love to run a lasagna van. <laughs> Just because I like lasagna. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, famously, Rob Orton is Garfield, but uh, <laughs> but with, uh, uh, but with a, a lasagna van. Uh, because um, did did you say you would be running it for the whole festival? That like you wouldn't be going to experiment uh, different kind of things? Would you be there with a hairnet on, just kind of like dishing up lasagna all weekend? I think so. I just, yeah. I'd love to. Um, it's like when I go to Edinburgh. I just wish there was a massive canteen on a night for performers, just mm-hmm. to get a nutrition nutritious meal. You know, of like some people might say lasagna isn't nutritious, but <laughs> lasagna with chips. Lasagna. <laughs> yeah. lasagna. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say chips. Um, with uh, salad. And uh, no, lasagna and salad's nice. If you have it yeah, with absolutely. olive oil and balsamic vinegar, oh, well, nice. Um, <laughs> with some healthy chips to go yeah, yeah, yeah. it as well. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then in the literature tent, you've got Roald Dahl reading The Witches, uh, The Twits, and Danny the Champion of the World, Margaret Atwood. Reading Handmaiden's Tale, Stephen King reading The Green Mile, Shakespeare reading Hamlet. <laughs> That's gonna be quite a quite a long <laughs> long session if they're doing all the books as well. Yeah. But but yeah, just stick them for a whole day, it'd be great. Hmm. Wonderful stuff. Um and uh so who who's opening up your Sunday? Oh Pavarotti. Oh strong. I love that. That'd be immense, wouldn't it? Especially on the Sunday, because it's kind of like after the Saturday hype, Sunday's a bit of a chill down. You can have a bit more more odd stuff going on on, the, uh, on Sunday morning. I remember in Glastonbury, there's like ballet and stuff like that, which is really mm. wonderful. So Pavarotti is really going to be quite an emotive way to start your day. Oh, man, talking about that. Did, did you see it? Um, the There was a video clip that went viral of, um, I think it was Ness and Dorma mm-hmm. played over. It was like looking out to the Italian sea and... Um, Ness and Dorma was playing, and then the Red Arrows flew. Or, or play, I don't know if it was Red Arrows, but planes. Yeah. Um, and they did the Italian flag. Oh. Uh, it, was, it was a real moment of uh, last year when it was like proper kicking off in Italy. Yeah. It, that, I just, and if there could be an air show whilst Pavarotti is playing with the Red Arrows and stuff like that, I think that, that it, it, that's. That would be quite powerful. Absolutely. And then, uh, how how are we going to follow that up? Because that's that's going to be very, um, yeah, very very uh, motive for sure. Beethoven. Be- okay, yeah, coming out the classics, yeah, Beethoven, absolutely. Yeah, and then Einaudi, Ludovic or Einaudi. Yeah. Um, that I really like working to. Uh, or the music for concentration playlist on Spotify. Yes, same. I'm absolutely the same. And do you, um, so? Do you find the instrumental stuff like the classical music very helpful and relaxing? Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, and uh, so do you think that kind of like a Pavlovian thing? If you were to hear them play, you would start like getting out a notepad and start writing. What at the festival? Yeah, I can imagine like if you if you, if that's what you write to, you'd be like kind of like right, like let me just get my pens out and start like tapping away. You know what I mean? Like be very chill. Yeah, like can you so. not do a mosh pit, please? I need to type this up. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then after that, we've got Chopin. Yes. Uh, and then Bjork. Oh, hello, yes. Uh, then Paul Simon with La- oh, Lady Smith yeah. Black Mambazo doing Graceland in yeah, full. Oh, the, the, oh, that's a good album, isn't it? Cor- yes. Um, I think this is a fact uh, on a previous episode of uh, Castable, but uh, I believe Ben Clark said it, but uh, in the entirety of uh, 
a Graceland. There's no, uh, there's no minor notes in it. It's all major really? notes. That's why, it's, that's why it sounds so upbeat. Oh. Uh, yeah, and that's why it's so. Uh, yeah, I, I love that album. It's so spectacular as well. Uh, do you reckon Paul Simon's gonna have a big like light show? Or is it gonna be quite uh, intimate? What kind of vibe has he got? No, I think it'll just be. It'll let the music speak for itself. Really, I think mm-hmm. um, because it would be early afternoon. Well, no, it wouldn't. It would be leaning into early evening. Yes, and that twilight part where the, the sun's just about to go down. Yeah, but I've still got four acts to go. Let, let's go for it. I'm ready. Mentally prepared. Prince. Hello, yes. Kate Bush. Yeah. Uh, Pulp. <sighs> yep. And then the it will be finished off by with Meatloaf. Oh, wow. A very theatrical <laughs> ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Prince, uh, Kate Bush, uh, Pulp, and Meatloaf, because like that, you've got a real big show, and like, uh, and, and that's true for other nights as well, like yeah, Queen and uh, uh, pop, uh, people like that. Uh, but like Meatloaf, that's a th- that's a theatrical end of the show, right? Big time, absolutely. Would Pete Loaf be joining as well, or is he just at the back to be like, oh, my, my tribute time's up? Get him on for the encore. Yeah, <laughs> and then the second stage would be Janelle Monae. Oh, yes. Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Yeah. Anthony and the Johnsons. The Lovely Eggs. And my favourite current band at the moment, Lancome. I've never heard of them. <clears throat> Worth a look. L-A-N-K-U-M. And what kind of music do they do? It's like Irish folk, but can get quite heavy in parts. Mm-hmm. But really, really just... Blood and guts and emotion and uh, absolutely fantastic, yeah. And um, I just hope that when we're allowed to go to live gigs again, like there's going to be some magical gigs that happen, those first gigs back. Mm-hmm. I just want to get to go to one of those and see one of those moments captured, you know what I mean? I don't want to miss them. Yeah, and I think um, as we wrap up this um, this um, uh, part of the podcast, I kind of feel that your festival is full of these moments. They are moments for everyone and every time in every different capacity. I feel like it's a, it's a festival with a lot of epiphanies at this festival. I feel like it's going to be uh, quite an eye-opener, whether it's from a, uh, from a psychiatrist's point of view or listening to Einstein or uh, seeing Frida Kahlo uh, paint live. I think it's a... It's a really, it's it's an all all round really uh, fulfilling festival. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to add to your festival before we uh, before we uh, wrap it up? No, no, I think so. I think that's it. Um, maybe there could be people performing on the buses home, but that yes. might be too much. Um, did you have um, Ivor Cutler in in your? Uh, I did. Mix? Yeah. Who I, he was going to be reading on the um, poetry tent yeah. in the poetry tent, and uh, along with Leonard Cohen reading. From the Book of Longing. But oh, um, yeah. well, Ivor Cutler was one of my first heroes, really, with regard to um, looking at something and looking at a performance. I saw him on BBC4 doing um, his live from um, uh, Limsbury Theatre. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's, on the, it's on the DVD looking at the, searching for the truth. So could you... For, uh... For, for people who don't know who Ivor Cutler is, could you explain uh, uh, who he is and what he means to you? He's a Scottish um, writer and performer who uh, just seems to... I don't know. I, it's impossible to describe, really. And, and I, I, I just think that if... if I don't know. You t- if you type him into Spotify, other streaming so, services aren't available. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, basically, um, he's he's quite a uh, he's Glaswegian, and he does quite quite surreal, but kind of uh, very intimate uh, music, uh, and uh, yeah, it's um, I think it's quite a unique figure in that way as well, um, uh, and uh, yeah, it's quite hu- uh, there's a lot of humour in his uh, uh, in his work as well. So um, it's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a very unique figure, and uh, it felt to us the reason why I wanted to mention him at the end. Firstly, I think you said uh, um, with his performance with a rule of silence, and anyone who makes a noise gets kicked out of the field. <laughs> which, it's, uh, which kind of that, that's nice because it kind of uh, it's kind of like a system where if they've lied on the letter on the way in, you can like a, you can kick them out. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a strict policy as well. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Brilliant. Well, right. Let's head to the final part of this podcast where we deal with some floor fillers. Mm-hmm. 
live audience, if you have any floor fillers, that is, uh, questions that kind of go wrong with Rob's Festival, please put them in the chat now or tweet us at Castle Podcast and we'll write, uh, read them out right now. As with event management, things are bound to go wrong. So here's a couple of hypothetical questions uh, that Rob has to deal with in a manner that he sees fit. Um, so, uh, first one. Oh no, the clash of cancelled last minute. Who do you get to replace them, Rob? The four. The four. Who were meant to be in, but I forgot to say. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's, that's okay, absolutely. Quite quite fortunate, if anything. Uh, yeah. uh, would you be good if the clash uh, cancelled? Um, uh, that's one of the best rock books I've ever read, Renegade. Yeah. By Marky Smith. Absolutely love that. The Fall were a band I never really quite uh, got into as of yet, but I know people's adoration. I know why people love them, and I, uh, I can re- really respect them for for what they add to the genre. I I think uh, I, I talked to a lot with Michael Legg, and he, he gives me uh, full quotes all the time. But um, anyway, let, let, if if we have any questions, put them in the chat, anyone. Uh, but um, oh dear, someone's running late, and uh, and you need to fill for time. But fortunately, one of your favourite celebrities is willing to do a DJ set for you. They don't have to be a DJ, Rob. But which celebrity would you pick? <laughs> Ooh, um, Terry Wogan. Terry Wogan. Now that's professional. I really, I very much like that a lot. That's great. Um, yeah, good. yeah. I um, I think that'd be. It, it, it's a touch of class, which your festival has tons of as well. So, uh, um. Right from from Liv uh, or Liv's iPhone, Marky Smith has um uh, has had too many cans and wants to fight Kurt Cobain. How do you mediate between the two of them? That's a brilliant question. Love it. Hi Olivia. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What, how, how would you do that? You'd would just... would you would kind of step in or would you kind of like let him? I think it I think it would be. I think you'd have to uh, say to them, look, let's settle this on the main stage. Come on. <laughs> Get them on, and then everyone can watch them. But okay, well, that would be a good fight. Yeah. Good question, Olivia. It's a good question. But what I love about this whole thing, it's all about kind of like it's a lot of love. There's a lot of kindness at the festival, and the way we're finishing it off is Kurt Cobain doing an uppercut to Marky Smith. I just kind of feel like it's it's, it's a very different vibe. And uh, let, let me ask some more uh, questions. Uh, if, you, if anyone else has any other questions, do let us know. Uh, Jacob Steele, uh, uh, this is a bit of a sarcastic one, so you don't have to answer it, Rob, but it says, all of the main acts have mysteriously disappeared. What do you do? And I think that's a comment on what's just happened, which I feel, uh, if anything, slightly rude. Um, what would you do? Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to uh, do, the do all my on. shows back to back. For three days. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Um, uh, Liv says thanks. I needed that clearing up. Uh, uh, oh, this is a great one. Um, despite the great pay, the sh- there is a showers workers revolt. What do you do? They 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 want more money, Rob. What the, what do you do after a million pounds? There's not enough for them. How do you how do you quell the riot? What would you do? I guess uh, I don't need to take their names and never let them work again. I think wouldn't you? Definitely wouldn't be able to. It's tough to get that job. You got to apply. Not easy. Yeah, I love that a lot. Yeah, it's uh, you'll blacklist them from all cleaning jobs in the future. Absolutely, yeah. Lovely stuff. Uh, right, um, um, but well, thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. And uh, uh, yeah, th- uh, thank you for joining us, Rob. Um, uh, would you like to plug anything before we uh, wrap up for the podcast? No, no. I've got, I I was doing a podcast last year that was a daily podcast mm-hmm. that stopped on New Year's Eve, but all the episodes are there, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. I'm going to be doing some online. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the online uh, the the tour shows that I was mm-hmm. meant to be doing. So if they don't happen, hopefully I'll make them happen in some way, and I'll send out. Um, a mailing list of that. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a mailing list. Rob, if you go to robauton.co.uk, there's a link to the mailing list there, and um, I've got some other mm-hmm. stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, that I'm working on at the moment, and that's it. Really, thanks very much for having me. 
Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. But also on top of that, I, I, um, I'm not to uh, promo your own stuff, Rob, but like I've got to say, like, uh, um, if if you uh, go on the website, there's uh, you have your own poetry books on there as well, and every all of them are like uh, just really, really awesome, and it's artwork and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's really awesome. So please go and uh, support Rob in that way as well. Um, but okay. yeah. Um, um, uh, thank you all so much for coming to Castle. We hope you've enjoyed Castle Live at Leicester Comedy Festival. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you all for joining. It's been a pleasure. Um, if you like what we do, please make sure to um, download and subscribe to Castle. Make sure to give us a five-star rating online. It helps boost the numbers and leave us a kind comment as well. Uh, and on top of that, uh, if you're part of this live audience, please leave us a, a, a donation at the end. Uh, and it really just helps support the podcast and we very much do appreciate that. But uh, please, uh, please unmute yourself and give a massive round of applause to our wonderful guest. Please say thank you to Mr. Rob Orton. Thank you, thank you, bye, cheers. <laughs>